Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. If you're in Proverbs 10, last week we were in verse 19, or two weeks ago we were in verse 19, and we're going to head to verse 20. When it comes to speech and the power of speech, we made this statement. Of all the powers that man possesses, there is scarcely any more impressive than the power of speech. It is a godlike power. Human speech is no mere evolution from the cry of animals. In other words, we didn't develop the ability to talk over millions and billions of years from the goo to the zoo to you, okay? In other words, it didn't go goo and you couldn't talk and then you were an ape and you grunted and then one day, oh, your tail fell off, you popped out of the tree, all the hair fell off your body and you, well, most of you, and, 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 <laughs> and you could talk in complete sentences. That's not how it worked. Speech is a godlike characteristic. Now, I want you to think about that. That means you're functioning like God. Now, I didn't say you are God. I didn't say that. People accuse, you know, uh, people that believe these things that they're saying, oh, you think you're God. No, I don't. I don't think I'm God at all. There is one God. And one, only one, not multiple, one. Now, here's the thing. He's the one that created you with the ability to speak. So what are you going to do with it? You're not a parrot. How many have watched a parrot sing a song or, you know, do what it does? Even, I mean, I've even seen like cats and dogs sound like they're saying things on videos. How many have seen that? That is nothing like you. Like even, how many have kids? You have little kids. I'm, I, I would even go this far. You need to explain to your kids if they, and I don't mind watching cartoons and stuff like that. But you see a lot of cartoons. Animals are given human-like qualities. They are not human. They are not above you. They don't deserve a position above you. They don't, animals do not deserve or, or have the right to a position with God that humanity does. And we must keep this in focus and in our mind because the world is constantly pushing towards and demonic, the demonic forces of this world are pushing toward godlessness. Constantly. And so we have to be aware of that so we can resist it, not so we can condemn people. You know, and if you've been here, you know I say this. I don't think you should call your animal your kid. Now, you're going to do whatever you want, and I know that. I have a, a minister that I like to listen to, and he's, he was a pastor for several years, and now he travels and, and stuff like that. He's been around for a long time, wrote a lot of books. And uh, he preached... On, and I don't know what, uh, whether I believe this or not, so we're not going to have a discussion about it, but I just want to share this, that, not, that animals don't go to heaven when they die. And we live in a culture today, like you say that in a church, people will go, oh, why? And people say, well, you know, I love my animals. I get it. But Jesus said they're not as valuable as you are. Twice. Jesus looked at the religious leaders of his day, and he said, uh, first, he, well, two, both times. One, he said, you're more valuable than sparrows. What's a sparrow? It's an animal. 
He told another religious group that people were more valuable than sheep. Do you know the religious leaders in Jesus' day went and pulled sheep out of ditches, but they wouldn't pull a human? Do you see how it can get twisted quick? Humans are more valuable. But I've been in situations through the years, and this one was specifically years and years ago, where people would not take care of themselves, but they were buying tons of medication for a bunch of stray cats. Listen, do you hear the quietness? And all I'm doing is talking about animals and humans. And yet, half, more than half of this crowd will go out to eat after this and eat a chicken, a steak, or a... And all I'm mentioning is what's more valuable. You know, we live in Montana. Hunting season just got over. People are out there, you know. Their dog is their kid, but they're shooting the deer. Oh, we got to... We got to get the cloudiness out. You are more valuable. So he preached about this, that animals don't go to heaven. You know what his congregation did? And they disagreed on this. A ton of women in the church bought him the DVD, all dogs go to heaven. (laughs) Can I ask you something? Was that written from the scriptures? And it was a joke. They were playing. You know how we know that's okay. That's healthy. But, but you realize, you know, uh, I've, heard, I've heard ministers say, yeah, the Lord told me that animals go to heaven. What does that mean to me? Show me. Right? This is how we build our faith right here. This is how we see into the spirit initially. And then we see and function from the spirit right here. People say, oh, no, I go out into the ether waves. I go out into the, the spheres of the atmosphere of spiritual things, and I travel, and I see things and know things. And if it isn't anchored here first, you will be deceived. I believe in visions. I believe in seeing in the Spirit. I do it. That's not the issue. The issue is if your anchor, if you're out in the sea of the Spirit and you don't have an anchor of the Word, you're in trouble. Well, it wouldn't be possible. It happened, it's happened tons The deceiver is very good at what he does, and he appears as an angel of light. Amen? So the power of speech is a godlike power. Human speech isn't just evolution. Speech became possible on the earth only when on the earth there appeared one into whom the divine spirit had breathed the breath of life and and made a living soul. It is because of the origin of speech is divine that words... Uh, have such supernatural power. Words have supernatural power. Um, Herb was teaching this morning in Vessels of Honor, and he made the statement about what we used to say as kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Words will either resurrect you or kill you. And others. And I didn't write that. It's in the scriptures. Consider what a word is. From a person who just thinks naturally or they na- have a natural point of view and they don't believe in the spirit world, it is but a slight agitation of the particles of air around us. Nothing feebler, nothing more fleeting can be conceived. Yet that word can make or mar a human life. That word can fill a home with gladness or despair. When the tongue is consecrated, when it is guided and controlled by a heart full of the Holy Ghost, it becomes a mighty power to destroy the works of the devil. 
It becomes a loosing force, and I believe we'll look at this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 20. Now, specifically, I'm going to apply these verses over a general thought, okay? They're going to speak specifically to a, to a specific thought in each verse, but it will apply overall to all areas of our life, and I believe you'll see that as we bring it out. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 20 says this in the New King James Version, The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. That word choice means selection or excellent silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Do you see that? Now, what do we know? Out of the abundance of the, the mouth. So what must, if, if the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, what must be in the heart of that person? Ooh, something precious, right? Now, this is a natural illustra illustration for a spiritual truth. Choice silver, and you're going to see this. Okay, in the Amplified, it says this, The tongue of those who are upright and in right standing with God are as choice silver. The minds of those who are wicked and out of harmony with God are of little value. I like that, uh, that verse because it gives you a little more insight into the wicked side. In other words, it doesn't make it sound like people that, that we should think people that are wicked are worthless because they're not. They're worth the blood of Jesus. Okay. In, in the Passion Translation, it says this, The teachings of the godly ones are like pure silver, bringing words of redemption to others. But the heart of the wicked is corrupt. The New Living Translation says, The words of the godly are like sterling silver. In, in the Living Bible, it says this, It says, When a good man speaks, he is worth listening to. But the words of fools are a dime a dozen. In the Bible in basic English, it says this, the tongue of the upright man is like tested silver. The heart of the evildoer is of little value. In other words, there is, a, there is words that can come out of a person who's full of wickedness. In fact, uh, 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 Herb mentioned this verse this morning in Proverbs about... Uh, you, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in other words, be careful when you go to sit down with somebody and they say, hey, eat all my food. When really in their heart, they're looking to entrap you. Do you know this happens all the time? And we'll get into it. But people are, are actually double-tongued. How many, when you think of a snake, what do you think about with that tongue? It's forked, right? It goes in two different directions. It's true, we can actually tell what's in a person's heart from their words, but not from their words alone. Because the man that looked to entrap the person that came over for dinner was saying the right thing with the wrong motive. And you have to know the Holy Spirit to discern the difference. You have to have him work. People can come up to you and say, oh, we just love you. But in their heart can be brooding hate, deception. I love you because I need you to think I do because I have an end game for you over here. And this is all about me getting what I want. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Anybody ever used to be that person? <laughs> First, we see from this verse, the Lord emphasizes what covenant or righteous people's words are like. 
Their words are like fine, tested sterling or choice silver. Your words are of value. This tells us that covenant words carry worth or authority in the spirit and in the natural. Sterling silver. Is sterling silver, does it cost the same as copper? Uh, Nickel. It's precious. So what is my tongue releasing? What is your tongue releasing in your circumstance? When, when When you are about to say words, do you think... I need to speak covenant words because they're going to carry worth and authority in the spirit right now when I speak. Now, don't turn this into this hippie, peace, love, hair grease thing that the world has turned it into, turned it into, where we just speak positive no matter what. No matter what, we just speak positive. Did Jesus just run around complimenting everybody all the time? Oh, I just love you. 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 Oh, you're so you're so perfect. You're so perfect just the way you are. Don't change. Don't change. Don't change. Was that his message? Is that love? No. Now, you don't want to be harsh either. You don't want to run around. Seriously, you woke up the morning this morning and came looking like that. I mean, you know, you got to find ways to speak choice silver and present it. You know, I could buy a sterling silver necklace and go, happy birthday, Heidi, and throw it at her. Well, the, it has value. I mean, the, the jewelry has value, but she might go, you know, he gave me the gift, but I'm going to melt it down and sell it and get something out of it because it didn't, have, it didn't carry a heart that was correct. And this is the issue. Did Jesus deal with religious leaders in his day? And you might think he was a little harsh. But yet those words were choice silver. You say choice silver. Yeah, when he looked at him and he said, you guys are a bunch of uh, dead, dead men's bones in whitewashed tombs. He, when he looked at him and he said, you guys are vipers. You're a brood of vipers. Do you know that did not make them happy? And they could go to the scripture and manipulate these words to fit their desire. And what ended up happening, they rejected their Messiah. The one who authored this before eternity because of a deceived heart. They missed him. And think about this. They studied all their life to see him. So words out of a righteous heart can be stern and corrective to yourself. You have to be honest with, you have to get alone. I'm not saying you have to broadcast it. Take out commercial time telling everybody your faults. I'm saying you got to get alone with the Lord and go, okay, Lord, am I speaking these words Is my motivation in this giving, in this doing for this, or in this speaking this to this person, or working with this person, or in this relationship, is my motivation, Lord, for their good and motivated by your motivation through me? Or do I just care about what I'm going to get out of this? I want to be their friend because they have have a really nice house. I want to be their friend because I know that if if I butter up to them, maybe in the long run, they'll include me in their inheritance. 
And people say, oh, that never happens. It happens all the time. And you say, why does it happen? Because people don't have faith. They don't exercise faith. They look at a person as their source instead of God. If you really are close with God, I know I'm digging in it, just stick with me. (laughs) If you are close to God, the closer you get to them, the less you care about what your friends and family have that you could potentially inherit. You said, are you sure? I thought you were a prosperity guy. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, but it adds no sorrow. Besides that, the the, the covenant does not work if the motivation is not clean. And people say, well, I'm born again, so I'm clean. That doesn't mean your motivation is clean. You could be functioning out of your soul, which is diseased by your flesh. And the, and the enemy putting thoughts in your head. How many have ever done this before? Okay, I'll just say me because you don't need to. I'll, I'll raise my hand on all these things, okay? How many have ever thought, well, if I get in good with this person at work who seems to have a good relation with this person at work and I show, and, 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 but they don't really like this other person over here. So if I work this just right and work the angle, I can maybe get promoted then now I've promoted myself and God wasn't in it and I could lose it and God's not required to protect it. Motivation produces either pure words or polluted words. And we need to keep our hearts right before the Lord so that we speak choice silver. Are you speaking choice silver over yourself or do you curse yourself in the mirror in the morning? And another wrinkle. And just got another... You know, what's wrong with this face? You know, I don't, why do I have to have a pig nose, Lord? Why'd you do that to me? You can laugh. It's true. I don't care. <laughs> why, you know, why couldn't I, you know, be, uh, uh, why couldn't I look like so-and-so or this person? Or that? No, no, are, is that choice silver? See, you're determining your value or the words that you're speaking over yourself based on your circumstantial things instead of based on a cross and blood and the Son of God giving His life for you. Well, if I would have been raised in this household, then I wouldn't have all these problems. Maybe, maybe not. But you have resurrection to change the situation you're in no matter what it is. Grace covers all, amen? You can make it if you'll get with him. These are words that have impurities taken out of them. Choice silver. So they are weighty and have value. When we speak the scriptures, we are speaking words that have no impurities. In the spirit, we remove the impurity of Satan and his words with the purity of the resurrected Christ and his words. This then has a direct effect on our natural world and situations. So what are you saying when you speak to a sickness in the name of Jesus. You're releasing choice, pure resurrection words into a circumstance where curse words have been spoken and it's having a natural physical effect in that arena. The word, uh, one, of the, one of the words, when we did our study on Satan, we saw this. One of the words that describes Satan is violence. That word in the Hebrew, according to vines, is a disruption in the divinely established order of things. 
What do you think sickness is? It's a disruption in the divinely established order of things. Did God create sickness? No. It came in after Adam and Eve sinned, right? I mean, Jim talked about it when he was here. One day, Adam got up and said, I have a headache. And his wife went, what? They discovered all this as time went on. And people said, no, they died right away. No, if you look up the word death, it says, in dying, you will die. In the Hebrew. It has a double, it has two sides to it. What do you mean? In spiritual death, you will physically die. In dying, you will die. Okay? So if you look at this, then what am I supposed to, what do I want to speak into this? What do I want to speak into this? What do I want to speak into this? Is it choice silver? Is it valuable? Is it of the highest quality words that I can speak concerning myself and concerning others? Is this a high level? Is this, is this worthy of coming across my tongue, which has the power of life and death in it? Because this is the language of faith. So I, I looked this up, and I don't have a slide for up there, but 24 karat gold is pure, is the, is, in its pure state is extremely soft. I thought that was interesting. So pure words might accompany some tenderness. They might have some love in them. And they can be strong, but they, they have love in them. You know, Jesus wasn't just insulting the religious leaders. He was leading them to repentance. But at some times, at some point, and this is the rarity, this is usually the exception, it gets to the point where people are so in deception that you almost have to shake them. And that's what he was doing with those words to get their attention to go, hey, stop, you're missing your redemption. Amen. But 24, it's soft and it's used for jewelry making. 22 karat gold is commonly sold because it's still too malleable. It's not commonly sold because it's still too soft. And it's used in some cultures and, and awards. So it's used in different things. 18 karat gold is luxury classification for gold jewelry. More expensive and softer than 14 karat. This is the standard for high luxury jewelry. Uh, 14 karat gold is the most ideal for jewelry. But uh, great for everyday use because of its durability. 10 karat gold is considered low quality gold mixture and is not considered fine jewelry. So what are your words? 10 or 24? People say, well, I need some durability. <laughs> In the spirit, when it comes to words, you want pure. And that has to do with motivation and expression. I can look at my wife and I can say, I love you. <laughs> As one, one, one guy said, I told her I loved her when I marry her. If anything changes, I'll let her know. <laughs> my daughters come up to me and they go, Dad, I love it. You know, and they, uh, they hug. And Kylie especially, she'll stick her head you know, into me. At least it isn't just, love you, okay, yeah, okay, love you too, yeah. There's heart in it. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. The word brings forth means to germinate and flourish. Your words can actually germinate things. 
The Amplified says, The mouth of the righteous, those who are harmonious with God, bring forth skillful and godly wisdom, but the perverse tongue shall be cut down like a barren and rotten tree. The mouth of the godly in the uh, New Living Translation says, The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. The message says a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. What are you speaking? What are you speaking in your situation? Do you feel like your world seems uh, stinky? What are you letting come through the TV? Well, I didn't even say those words. Yeah, but you had them on for 12 hours straight and it was garbage. Is what you allow into you worth the, the, the destruction of the value or the reducing of the value of your words? Is it worth it? Is it creating a fountain of clear water in your life or a stagnant swamp? Because the mouth of the just brings forth wisdom, but the wicked tongue will be cut out. Now, in verse 31, we again see presented two truths of the value of our words. First, we see that the mouth of the righteous person brings forth wisdom. The Amplified Translation, which I like, says those who are harmonious with God bring forth skillful or godly wisdom. Bring forth means to germinate, to be fruitful. This tells me that we speak when we speak words of the scripture, we are planting seed in our lives and the lives of others that have a potential of manifesting the kingdom of God in our lives. Words germinate or bring forth from their source. Words germinate or bring forth from their source. What are you speaking from? Is it pure purity of the resurrection? Now, the last part of this verse shows us the opposite of what the first part did. A person who has a perverse, deceitful, foul, twisted, and wicked tongue will be cut off. Now, I don't want you to think of a tongue being cut off or out, okay? So that's not specifically what this is saying. I suppose it's possible, but that's not what it's specifically saying. The words cut out in the Hebrew mean to fail or destroy. They mean to fail or destroy. It carries the idea of cutting down a tree and removing its ability to produce fruit. When you speak contrary to the resurrection within you, you remove the ability for God to produce fruit in your life. Do you see that? So people will do this. They'll come up for prayer. They'll go, I don't know why I don't like myself. I do. Because you are seeing yourself contrary to what God has said about you and your Speaking it, which means you're actually germinating death in your life. And you have a tree of it. So what needs to happen? You have to stop watering that tree. And start speaking what God said in seed form and it well, it didn't all go away. I need you to pray for me. I need you to change your words. 
That's why you come up for prayer. I'll lay hands on you or pray for you. You'll feel wonderful, but then you'll go back to live in the reality of dead tree in your life. Eating the fruit of death. You have to change from speaking from the soul, the flesh realm, and the demon realm over into the God realm. You have to begin to speak from the place of resurrection. When you don't feel it at all, you have to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He loved, now I was listening to uh, Herb, and we're about done here, but listening to Herb this morning when he was teaching, he was talking about who am I? That was the, that's the title, of the, who are you? And he went over to 1 Peter and he was reading about how we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Now, and I wrote in my notes, I wrote, if it was precious blood that redeemed me, God must see me as. So what did you say about you? Well, I'm just a screw up. I'm always a screw up. I've been a screw up since I was born. My parents told me I was a screw up. I'd never amount to anything. I've known it. It's true. I've known it. People talk like this. I've known it. I knew I'd never amount to anything. I knew it. I knew it. My parents said it, and, I, and, and they may not say it out loud. They'll come in here and go, oh, praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's so good to see you. You look nice today. Everything go. Oh, yeah, everything's great, great, great. And then on the way home, they'll curse the windshield. If I could play the recorder off your windshield. If I could suck the words out of your windshield. And put them up on the screen. How many have ever been on a diet before? The, the rest of you are awesome. You're strong and that's amazing. So, <laughs> okay. How many have ever, there was a, I was reading a book one time and, and they were talking about how to lose weight and different things like that. And this guy, this doctor or dietitian, I think it was, told this lady, every time you eat something, put one in a bag and then when you eat it. And then at the end of the day, look at the bag and see what you ate. Add up the calories. She was shocked. She didn't know she was doing it. A lot of times, you don't even know if your words were put in a bag. Well, I, you know, the, the, the judge told me I'll never amount to anything. And God said, your past is gone. I've, made you, I've given you a new future. Believe it. Declare it. Confess it. Move forward in it. People say this, they'll do, they'll do this and think, well, I thought I was the righteousness of God in Christ, but I'm not living like it. Change your words. Well, the ship, you know, I didn't, everything didn't change overnight. I realize that. Sometimes it takes a little bit for the rudder to turn your giant ship. You know? If the Titanic would have been a jet boat, they'd have missed the iceberg. But some of you are traveling super fast with your words, and you're not steering where you need to steer. Well, I can't amount to anything because my dad was a screw-up. Your dad in heaven has never made a mistake, and you have a new nature... And that nature is God's nature, and your problem is your thinking and your flesh. And when you get those two in line, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Words can cause you to fail or to be destroyed. 
It carries the idea of cutting out down a tree and removing its ability to produce fruit. When perverse or demonic words are in our mouth, we actually end up producing failure and destruction in our lives. Now, how many have realized it's hard to speak faith when everything looks opposite? How many realize you are actually very well geared to speak what you see and feel? You've been trained since you were little. And we're not blaming parents. We're not blaming this person, that person, the other. None of that. Don't even go down that path. Just find out who you are and speak this. One more verse, Romans chapter 10, verse number 32. It says this, words, words, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. The Passion Translation says, words that bring delight pour from the lips of the godly, but the words of the wicked are duplicitous. What does that mean? Double. In the Amplified, it says this, the lips of the uncompromisingly righteous know and therefore utter what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked knows and therefore speaks only what is obstinately willful and contrary. The lips of the righteous, according to God's word translation, says the lips of the righteous person announce goodwill, but the mouths of the wicked, uh, of wicked people are devious. So you can, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, somebody can actually say the right thing to you and their heart be wrong. So those right words are actually sinful. Now, how are you going to tell the difference? Just keep hanging on. Watch. See. Listen with your heart, not just your ears. Have you ever been around somebody and you thought, man, this person's really nice, but inside of you, you thought, I don't know, something's not right. That doesn't mean you have to look at them and go, you're not right. I'm a man of God. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to do that, okay? Just wait. Don't give them any place of authority or influence in your life. Just wait. How many know this? You're not supposed to, in, in the process of, of finding a spouse, you're not supposed to, uh, you know, uh, the first second you meet them, all of a sudden start planning a family and, and having one. Now, that's amusing because in, in today's society, they do that stuff. Well, I don't even know you. Well, we've been together for three hours. <laughs> and it was love at first sight. And I feel like this is my soulmate. We just get each other. None of that is God. We just, we know each other. If you've dated for a year, you still don't know the other person. They are locked up at home. And you're seeing the put together one and the other one's at home in a cage going, let me out. I don't care what kind of emotion you have. Marriage is not about a feeling. It's about a commitment. And you better hear from God first. Amen. How many have been married for like a year and a half or more? <laughs> I've been married for, what, 22 years. Right? And, yeah. 1999, yeah, 22 years. <laughs> How many realize this? Over that 22 years, it was not all, it has not all been, oh, <sighs> Uh, 
It has not all been, you know, marriage is, in, in fact, my father-in-law told me, he says, love is a commitment. <laughs> the other person is literally locked up at home. Because naturally speaking, we don't want people to see who we really are. But guess what? When you're in fellowship with the Lord, now I'm talking to in general here, you will, I'm, it could be coworkers, it could be bosses, it could be, who, I don't care who it is. It could be the person you're looking to uh, vote for in the next election. God knows what that person's going to be and do. And you have to know that within you. I didn't just, you know, like with me and Heidi, I mean, we prayed because I knew I had dated so many people prior and I had lived just, what I mean by that is I had lived a total hellion life before I was saved. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're hell. So it's in you. It's a part of you. And I knew, I knew I want the one God has for me, not the one that I've built up in my mind that God has for me. And so I was super, I even told Heidi, I said, if we start dating, this is going to be for the purpose of getting married, not for the purpose of dating. I just wasn't out, you know, like test driving cars. That one was kind of fast. That one's got better seating and cooling. It's not like picking a car. But the world treats it that way. The message says the speech of a good person clears the air. The words of the wicked pollute it. How many like that translation? So what are you doing in the air? Have you ever been in your house and you feel like, man, what is going on? It's like in the air. What have you been saying? What has been playing? I just feel depressed. Well, turn off Merle Haggard. <laughs> I just ruined somebody's Sunday right there. I just... but, but in the afternoons, I listen to Merle. You know, Lastly, first we see the lips of the righteous person announce goodwill, or we could say God's will. I like what the message says. The speech of a good person clears the air. Our words have a great effect on the atmosphere we live in. Here again we see the truth of life and death bring forth the, out of the what? The tongue. The power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's in the power of the tongue. Perverse, perverse words mean fraud. How many, how many ever, uh, you know somebody who was taken by fraud? What does that mean? That means somebody called them or talked to them or got them involved in something and said, this is going to be what it is. And the person who was involved said, that sounds like a good idea. Right words and things were presented that this is going to be a good thing. But if they would have stopped and prayed, the Holy Ghost would have said, I didn't send them to you. They're not to be a part of you. Don't listen to them. Walk away now. But you, how many have noticed this? Your natural mind will go, but it sounds really good. But you've got to get into your heart. And hear from the Holy Ghost. If you're making major decisions with money, in, in uh, job decisions, and all of these things, and if you're making them, whatever it is, I know a lot, like right now, and specifically many people have talked to me about this, concerning the vaccination and their jobs. If you're making major decisions based on what you get up here, you need to stop. Don't do anything and get alone with God. And people say, well, when do I make the decision? How long? You wait there until you know. 
And people say, well, I waited two hours and I didn't get an answer. Well, there's always tomorrow. Well, I only have so much time and then they're going to make me lose my job. So you're going to do something based on you could lose your job instead of Holy Ghost. Let me ask you a question. Because I hate the devil, but I love you. I do. I absolutely hate the devil. Let me ask you a question. If the Lord told you to do something, and it, let's just say on one side, it cost you your job, do you think he has another job? People make this, well, I'm going to go take this job in this other state. Is there a good church there? Well, I never really thought about that. Of course not, because you're thinking naturally, not spiritually. Well, it's going to be 50 cents more. Big deal. <laughs> Big deal. See, we don't, a lot of times we don't realize how naturally minded we are. I've had people tell me, I have friends. <laughs> We went to Bible college together. You can stand. Uh, um, we went to Bible college together. I have friends. They're still waiting to hit it big before they go into the ministry. You say, what do you mean by that? They tell me, they have told me repeated. These are people that are anointed to preach. They're better preachers than I am. They're, they're more gifted in areas than I am by far. And they allow all sorts of natural things to determine what they do. Well, if this many people show up, then what if I would have said to my board when we started this church, which the board was me and Heidi and Mike and Jody, that was it. What if I said to him, well, but I have to have a full salary if I'm in a pastor. And we started with how many? I don't remember. Twelve. What if I said that? Before I'm going to do anything, Lord, you have to, you have to. Do, you know, you have to fill up all my financial coffers. It's not how it works. That doesn't take faith. Well, how are you going to eat? Josh told us how we're going to eat. <laughs> Put your trust in God. Well, man, if I tithe, it's like 50 bucks. God is not looking at the amount of, he is not in heaven going, don't even bother giving that 50 bucks. That won't, even that won't even pay for the pavement repair up here. He's not looking at that. God doesn't need your money. We heard this morning uh, from in Her when Herb was teaching, it was at Neptune. They think there's liquid diamonds on Neptune. God, a moon. Oh, a moon. Not even on Neptune, a moon. How many know that God doesn't need your money? Hear me, please. Hear me, hear me. God doesn't want you to give into his work for him. He's doing it so he can get something to you. If God was waiting to love you until you loved him, you'd be dead. There wouldn't be a planet. The scripture says he loved us while we were yet. You were his arch enemy and God went, I'm going to die for you. 
people go, how could that be? It's his nature. Are you like God? I tend to be this way. We're going to jump out and do this. Yeah, but people might leave the church. Yeah, but people will come. Come on, he's always the cup is half full. Right? And in his case, it's just running over. Did you learn anything? Did you get faith in you? Good. Now don't watch CNN. Don't watch NBC. Don't watch MSNBC. Don't watch Fox News. Don't watch anything that's going to take faith out of you. But it's a variant. Do you know how many variants of the flu there is? Stop. Stop. End it. Kill it. Don't even think about it. Don't talk about it. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.